Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants, with a special guest joining me. I'm Tim Graham from The Athletic, also joined by Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic, Jonah Bronstein of the Bronstein uh, Global Agency, and Wall of Famer Daryl Talley joining us here on the show. And Daryl, I want to jump right into a conversation continue it the last time you were on my previous show in which we were talking about this new coach, Sean McDermott. And you mentioned it was a bold statement at the time. There might've been some eye rolling. I think Jerry Sullivan might even have been in the studio at the time too. You said he reminds you of Marv Levy. And we thought, yeah, 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 sure. Uh, How many bills coaches have we had that, people are excited about, and this guy is going to get it done. Well, here well, we are. What do, you, what do you think about it now? Like he said, trust the process. Believe in the process. Um, I think that I was a pretty good judge of character and a, and a good judge of a good coach. Um, judging from a little bit of interaction I had with him at that point in time. I made a good choice. Made, I made a good call, I think. What was it about him, Daryl, that, uh, that you saw uh, in, from, from having your time with him? Sometimes when you look at people and you look at them and you talk to them and you look at them in their eyes, you can see the sincerity in what they're saying and what they're doing. And he's done everything. He and Brandon Bean have done everything they said they were going to do. When I asked them, I asked them some pretty pointed questions and, they answered them for me and they were like, mm-hmm, yes, we're going to do that. We're going to get to that too. And everything has fallen into place thus far. What were your pointed questions? Well, I asked him, I said, you know, I was asking them, when were they going to get some more playmakers on the defensive side of the ball? I said, you guys have already came in. You've done a, a fairly good job is bringing in defensive backs from other teams and stuff like that. And then you got a, a group of guys that were back there playing and playing very well. And a lot of the guys left, and they still had guys playing well back there. So they did a good job with the defensive defensive backs. I said, when are you going to get some more playmakers up front? I mean, we need some on the second level and then the first level, and we were going to need a quarterback. And this was three years ago. And he said, well, we got our eye on a quarterback. Um, we'll find out. We're, we're just going to find out what the guys want to do, and we're going to ask them. If they're going to buy in, if they're going to buy in, they want to be a part of it, then they can be a part of it. If not, then we got to get them out of here and get somebody in here, get somebody in here who wants to be a part of it. And that's what he did, what they did. What's it been like for you to to watch this team after so long? I'm sure, you know, there's a certain connection that you guys that played here still have for this group almost as – as fans um, in, in your post-playing days, what's it been like to see it finally come together uh, and the emotions of seeing them win a division title? Well, the emotions of seeing a division title, there's nothing like it. Um, they did something we did and it hadn't been done in a while and it needed to have been done. Um, as far as this group of guys, from what I can see, they play for one another. And that's truly, truly what kept us, what made us as we played for each other and, we would get on each other about what we did and how it went. Um, this group hasn't done that. They just seem to all be playing together, trying to do the right things. So with that, I am very excited for them, and I'm very happy for them. 
Daryl, what do you think makes a team care for each other? And I know that that's kind of like a secret sauce type deal. Maybe it doesn't have, maybe you can't force it, but how do you Having, get a chemist chemistry where you got guys who want to, who want to. First of all, first of all you got to get a bunch of guys that want to compete. If you got guys that want to compete and they're trying to compete for this, for a similar goal or something that they're trying to achieve, the easiest way to get them to buy, I guess you would have to get all of them to buy into it and everybody buy into their strength in numbers. And if you can believe in that and do that and hold each other accountable at every turn, which are, some are going to be uncomfortable and some are going to be comfortable, but you just have to do that. And it's, it's hard to describe a chemistry of a team unless you've gone through some bad, some ups and downs, some good times and some bad times. You have to have all of them in order to become a team. You can't just walk, all of a sudden walk out and have all good times. You're going to have to have some bad. And you're going to have to rely on, rely on each other and tell each other the truth about what you see. And you just have to believe each other. That's all. I think a lot of fans would assume that that's automatic, that guys who play in the NFL are just wired that way. And that's not no, true. That's not true. A lot of guys are wired completely different. Some guys are wired as just me and me only. Some guys are wired, well, I want to help everybody. And some guys just really don't, don't give a damn, to be honest with you. They just sort of say whatever happens, happens. And those are the guys that I try to stay away from because whatever happens, happens. Everything happens for a reason. <clears throat> you have to put the work into it to get the work out of it. So I don't go for the, the effect of whatever happens, happens. You got to make your own, you got to make your own breaks. Daryl, you know what this Bills team is facing uh, in terms of Super Bowl expectations and, you know, people thinking that they can make a deep playoff run. What is it that kind of, what ingredients do you see in this current Bills team that makes you think, um, you know, they have some of that in them? A togetherness, a willing to play for each other, a willingness to do that. Um, that's what I see just from watching the guys play together on the field. Not being in the locker room, not being around them, you can see some of that in some of their actions is the way they act, react to one another when they do things. So, you know, I think that's a, a great characteristic or trait to have. And the other thing is they're relying on each other. They're doing that and not, I mean, how do I want to put it? They're doing it without doing it. They're relying on each other and telling each other what they need from each other without getting in each other's grill all the time. So we I saw, think that's very good. We saw a little of that on the Steelers sideline yesterday. There was a clip going around of some Steelers teammates going at it on the sideline and Mike Tomlin had to, had to separate them a little bit. Um, maybe you want to see that a little bit, but you don't see that with the bills. They're they're smiling. They're having, a, they're having fun out there. That's uh, it. That's all this game's about. It's about having fun and enjoying playing it with some guys that enjoy playing the game the way you do. And the way they're playing right now, they're playing hard. They're playing fast. And they're not, they're not taking any wooden nickels from anybody. 
winning this they're month. Every, they're making everybody pay at the front door. <laughs> <laughs> They've got on quite a, a win streak here. Um, they, they're probably the hottest team in the league entering the postseason. What's the difference no- between – you know, a three, five, six-game winning streak at the end of the regular season and going on a three-game winning streak when January hits, when it's the postseason, and and you know you're getting everybody's best. Well, you're getting everybody's best on every given Sunday, on any given Sunday. You should be, but the way I see it right now, going on a winning streak at the end doesn't bother me. What matters to me is that everybody lines up and everybody knows that they have to bring their lunch bucket. And it's going to be a 60-minute affair. Because not one game's going to be played less than 60 minutes. So they got to go fight for 60 minutes. And they got to just fight like there's no tomorrow. And that's it. You just got to believe in your next guy, the guy next to you. You got to believe that the guy next to you is not going to let me down. That's how you get to the Super Bowl. Daryl, do you, looking back on your career and the team you played for, do you see any difference between that 88 team that came a game away from the Super Bowl and then those 90s teams that made the Super Bowl? Was there a difference in the locker room or the feeling about the team when you had no. done it yet? No, no, none, none whatsoever. I think the 88 team was probably just, a bit more arrogant because we we were just we just wanted to knock people out. That was it. We didn't we didn't care how we did it. We just wanted to beat you, and we wanted to beat you in any way we could. We we didn't care if we had if we win the game three to nothing, I'd have been happy. Or if we won it fifty five to forty eight, I'd have still been happy. So I just wanted to win. What was it that got – was there something that got you over the hump? Was there an ingredient that that turned you from a team that fell just short and probably should have made a nice run if not for Ronnie Harmon's drop against the Browns the next year? But Ronnie didn't throw that – Ronnie didn't drop it. The ball was over his head. Ronnie had a, a huge vertical. That's the one thing I don't get people saying. Yeah. Ronnie jumped. He didn't jumped it hit off his... the ground. No, All it right. didn't hit well, his well, hand. All right, I'm gonna have to go back and look at that. See now, me the Clevelander, remember? Maybe it's me, the Clevelander, thinking the Browns couldn't possibly have caught a break. They, they had, somebody had to fail for the Browns to advance back no. in those days. So maybe it's me looking at it as somebody had to have screwed up. No, I'm a Clevelander too, and I, I know. Had to see All right, it. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to go back and look at it with a more objective eye. All right. All right. So, Ronnie Harmon's wide open in the end zone. So you're you're you. You're on the record right now as blaming Jim Kelly for blowing that game. No, I'm not on the record for blaming anybody for blowing a game. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun. I know. <laughs> you can try this, All right, so anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying here, Daryl, is what was the difference between those teams that got real close and the other ones that then got it into your system where you were, getting, you were winning AFC titles four years in a row? Was there a missing ingredient or a, a thought process or anything? No, just a – we lost one more game that year than we should have. Um, the thought process and the way we looked at it, it didn't matter who we were playing. We were coming to your town to beat your team and leave. <laughs> that was it. We were rude house guests. We didn't want to come sit down at your table and be nice. We wanted to come in, beat you up, and leave. 
rude house guest. If you could break down all the different types of X's and O's matchup type things with this team, is there one aspect of it that gets you most excited when you're watching a game? Let's say yesterday at one o'clock, is there any one part of the game that you really start looking forward to? Maybe a player or a unit or even I, a, I a watch, situation? I like the chess match. I like the chess match between the quarterback and the middle linebacker and the free safety. Because he's trying to look them off all day long and just trying to move them with his head. Quarterback's always playing games with the, the middle linebacker and the free safety. And the safeties are playing games with him. So, yeah. We have fun playing games with each other just to see how they, you know, how he's going to react to what we're doing. So we try to, we try to do something different, give him a different look that he hasn't seen. How so, would you defend uh, or how, how would you want your team to defend Josh Allen? If he, if you were going up against him in the playoffs, how would I defend Josh Allen? I would make uh, I'd make him sit in the pocket, and I try and I try and make him I try and pen him in, and then. Just get, a, just get hands up in his face because he's a big guy. He can throw over the top of you. He's not a small guy. So what you have to do is you have to get your hands up in the air if you make him stay in the pocket. But you don't want him – you don't want to get him out of the pocket because you got a 6'5", 245-pound man running around that's going to hit your defensive back that's probably 210, 215, and he's 240. That ain't going to be a good look. Somebody, he, that defensive back might be on the losing end of that. So, you know, and then, but people don't want to get their quarterbacks hit, hit either. So, and Josh has a tendency to play wild and play, not wild. He plays reckless. He plays with reckless abandon because he goes out and he does whatever he thinks he has to do on that play or whatever to make that a winning play. So at that point, I don't begrudge him anything but I would try to make him stay in the pocket and try and confuse him with coverage. The Bills really tried to uh, put the, you know, put the, tighten the reins on Josh's running towards the end of last season in the regular season. And then in the playoffs, they let him go again. Would you expect to see that Saturday against the Colts that, there, it's because it's the playoffs. You can. Oh, you can't hold nothing back now. You got to let it all go. Let it all hang out. You got. You got to do whatever you think you got to do to win this game. And now here's a real funny one. We got Frank Reich coming back to town. I had Let's that question forget. in my holster. <laughs> Let's not forget, Frank's pretty good with X's and O's. So we've got to we've got to do two things. My opinion, we've got to tackle well on Sunday. And we've got to keep the ball out of their hands. We don't want them to have any ball control. You mentioned uh, seeing some similarities between Sean McDermott and Marv Levy. What do you what do you remember about the way Marv handled the transition from the regular season to the postseason that um, 
you know, set you guys up to make, make those runs? Well, here's what Marv did. Marv didn't change anything. Everything stayed the same. As long as everything stayed the same, you continue to do the same work. There's no reason to change anything. You're doing the same work each and every week. You know what the, jo- you know what the job is coming up. You know what you got to study. You study it. Then you go out and you perform. You practice it and perform. Like they say, you have to have perfect practice to make perfect plays. Did you care whether you played on Saturdays or Sundays? Did that mess no, with your routine at all? Didn't bother me one bit. I, I could care less where we played it. We could play in a parking lot, as far as I was concerned. They could put some stripes on the ground, and we could play on the asphalt. I just wanted to play football. Where are your allegiances on Saturday? Because you and Frank are tight. You guys went to battle together. I know you played for the Bills. Um, can you get to a point where you'd be happy for Frank if he wins? Or Yeah, I could be, I could be happy for Frank if he wins, but because he was my teammate. I, trust me. I mean, I, I let a lot of blood, sweat, and tears go through there. So, you know, I, I have an awful lot of respect for him. And yes, I, I would want him to do well. But mm, we got to see this one some Sunday. This is going to be interesting. What was that noise you just made? That was me going. Mm, that was, mm. that came from a, that was like, that came from some sort of animalistic place. Like that wasn't even a human <laughs> noise. So, I mean, are you already, it's Monday. We're recording this on Monday. Are you, are you already getting a little, yeah. a little revved up for this? I, it's the playoffs. <laughs> what do you think? Yes. I, I'm ready to play. I was ready to play yesterday. That's the funniest thing, though. You, no matter how old you get, just come every Sunday or the week prior to the playoffs, your heart starts to race and you start looking around the room like, okay, we know what time of year it is. And you get excited. All right, so Bills fans have had 20 years of Misery. Not being able to win in the playoffs. Yeah, misery. Waiting for something bad to happen. Now, as somebody who played the game, I know that you can't afford to think like that. Players just aren't wired. Really good players aren't wired that way. But you've been a fan for 20 years. Is there something about Saturday or this matchup that worries you? Me? No. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, just like I told a friend of mine last week, he was, he was talking about he was nervous about the game. I said, look, man, there ain't nothing to be nervous about this game. Only thing they have to do is everybody has to go out there and do their damn job. You go do your job, you walk away happy. You go out there and you don't do your job, you're not going to walk away happy. So my, my estimate, uh, there's no reason to get nervous, upset, uh, anxious, none of that. That all happened on Sunday, on Saturday, Saturday, when somebody passes that first lick. Once that first lick's passed, it's over. Now you gotta go. You gotta go for what you know. They have got. They've got to go for what they know. I mean, last year we got beat by a team that shouldn't have even beaten us. 
So we got to have that in the back of our mind. And if you think about it, Indianapolis is that type of a team. They're a very good, very good defensive football team. They have a capable, they are capable on the offensive side of the ball, and we know what Frank can do mentally. So, yeah, I know Frank's going to put him in the best spot he can, but we're just going to have to play a chess match. What do you make of Phillip Rivers? Because he obviously gets the job done, but when you watch him, or at least when I watch him, I'm like, how's this guy still in the league? You know, he has to put every bit of energy into his throws. He looks like he doesn't have the arm, no. and yet he's completing 65-plus no, he, percent of his passes. He's, here's, here's the thing. Phillip Rivers has always had a three-quarter delivery that's almost sidearm, and the way he slings it, he hasn't lost any arm strength. That's the one thing that I can honestly say. He hasn't lost arm strength, but he is not the most fleet of foot. So with that being said, we need to get to him and get to him in a hurry come Saturday. We need to just get to him. I think if we get to Phillip Rivers early, a lot of people don't think you can rattle a veteran quarterback. But I think if we get to him early and beat on him, beat on him, beat on him, we'll get him. I honestly believe that. What do you think about the job Frank Reich has done, especially since Andrew Luck retired and being able to Tremendous. get this team back to the playoffs so quick? Well, here's the thing. He came in, he, he got them to the playoffs, then he turned around and he brought in Phillip Rivers and got Jacoby Brissett to sit on the bench. Now, you got to be some kind of talker in order to get a guy that's going from starting to sitting on the bench. If that guy was starting and he really believes he was a starter. Right or wrong. Yeah, that's right. convincing there. So with that being said, I understand Jacoby Brissett's a little younger than he, uh, Philip Rivers is, but Philip has done it a long time and he's done it in some adverse situations. So he's been, he's perhaps, how do you want to say, more battle-tested than anybody. And I don't, I look for him to make all the great plays to, to beat us on Sunday or Saturday. What do you think the crowd factor will be in this game? At, you know, 6,700 people is a lot less than 80,000, but it's their first time being back in the hey, stadium this year. What, what do you think that'll mean to the players on the field? 6,000 can sound like 80,000 if they're from Buffalo. You got to understand that we can make a lot of noise. We can make a lot of noise. Trust me. If I'm on the field and I can hardly hear myself think sometimes. So I know 6,000 people can make a lot of noise and that was 80 and I couldn't hear myself. So yeah, 6,000, we gonna make some noise. So in that regard, you're, you think that it was important for the bills to get that second seed. So that way, if, it guarantees them if they win, they'll get two home playoff games. That, that the home field home advantage actually is in play. Well, home field advantage is in play. Number one, they get to sleep in their own bed. True, we don't really get to have the advantage that we really should get. We won't get that. We won't get that, I don't think. Because we're not going to have 80,000 screaming. If we could get 80,000 fans screaming, yeah, then now we really got something to hold over their head. But we can't. So 
we're going to get 6,000 and scream our heads off. How are you going to watch it, Daryl? Uh, probably at my parents' house. I'm going to go to, um, I'm going to go up to Cleveland this week to see my parents. And I was thinking about coming to Buffalo. So I'm thinking about that too. <laughs> like, yeah. You might be, you might be hard to stay away. It's only two and a half hours. I, I, I grew up down the street, right down the street. Do you think you could pull some strings as a wall of famer and get in the game or do you, maybe that's, I uh, I don't know. All the testing and all that stuff. Go. You're going to have to get a COVID test and go well, through the whole if, thing. if I were going to go to a game, you have to come up and get a test on Wednesday or Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday or something like that to get a test in order to be able to come in go into the stadium, I would guess. And then I think um, Cuomo's got um, a mandatory ban on people coming in from other states. So – I'm not forgetting anybody sick, man. I'm trying to stay alive too. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I would risk that, but nah, don't think so. I don't think that would, I want to go. Trust me, I want to go, but um, I don't know. That'll be interesting. Well, any maybe closing thoughts here, Daryl? Here. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Saying maybe they'll make a Super Bowl run and it'll be a little closer to home for for yeah, you'll be able to see him in Tampa. Oh, please do. <laughs> tell me, tell them, please. They got two games to win, or three, two, two games. Three, one, three. Because they oh, don't yeah, get a bye. One is a wild card. They don't get a bye this year. That's right. They got to win three. Yep. So yeah, it's possible. It can be done. It has been done. Any closing yeah. thoughts here, Daryl, on your on the twenty twenty Bills or, or memories that's bringing back? Or, you know the whole the whole thing. I, I'm sure it's been uh, I'm sure it's been a blast watching these guys go thirteen and it, three and bring back a lot of memories. Is, it has been a blast. Um, the only thing I could think about is that you know what? When we went to the first Super Bowl, our country was in a bit of a war. We were having we were having a um, Gulf War. We had the fighter pilots and everything. Now we're going to a Super Bowl with a team that if we can get in, that'll have had a pandemic. Think about that. One time your football team went to the Super Bowl, you're in war. You're at war. Next time you're there, you're during a pandemic. Those got some pretty good luck going to Super Bowls, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Both in Tampa. And they're both in the same place, so that's right. You know, Spooky, in the same place. Spooky, but it's airy. Could be true. Well, Daryl, thanks for doing this. Uh, very Not nice of you to to drop in and uh, and give us your thoughts on this team. And uh, you're always such a passionate uh, observer of these guys. And uh, I knew that uh, you have to be. You have to be. Not everybody <laughs> is. I mean, I don't yeah, think but- they're they're, uh, they're necessarily as passionate as you are. Well, then not everybody played with game with his, with the amount of passion and love that I played it either. So those guys, they have their passion for it, but they, there's probably just as in his, how would you say, overt as mine. Right. That's a fact. Yes. Daryl, thanks so much for joining not us. Not a problem. And uh, hopefully we get to cross paths soon. Uh, you and me both hope so. All righty. Take care. All right. Take it easy.
Voilà. My thanks to Buffalo Bills Wall of Famer Daryl Talley uh, again for joining us. Uh, always nice of him to drop in and, and give us his time, which he's done on the Tim Graham radio show slash podcast franchise over the years. Uh, just a gem of a human being. And uh, want to remind everybody that Tim Graham and Friends is brought to you by Shampo Travis Besaw and Kirshner. CTBK is a leading accounting firm with a growing team of accountants and business consultants with roots in Amherst. CTBK pairs every project with a focus on a human connection between its team and the client. For assurance, accounting, taxes, litigation support, and advice on mergers and acquisitions as we enter 2021, CTBK is available and ready to solve any issue your business faces. For a consultation or to request a trade, well, no, not a request a trade. What is this, the NHL? For, for a consultation or to request a quote, call 716-630-2400. Again, that's 716-630-2400. CTBK, over a quarter century of proven accounting and business excellence for Western New York and beyond. I don't think there are a lot of people going to be requesting trades from Buffalo sports teams. Well, well, remains to be seen for the Sabres, but things seem to be looking up for them. Certainly not anybody demanding a trade out of the Bills organization these days. I don't know where that phrase came from, out of somewhere in the back corners of my mind. Anyway, thanks for listening to Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK.